0: I don't like the idea, or I don't subscribe to it, that heaven is just this perfect place um, with the fluffy clouds and stuff. But no, I think that I think we could still be bearing our wounds there. It's just they're transformed now. And there's that phrase we say, one day we'll look back on this and laugh. So heaven could be looking back on all the... Catastrophes that we've lived through, but but from a position where we can laugh, and without uh, without trivializing what happened, right? And because you can, there can be a deep laugh. You know, when you're with someone you love, who you've gone through something really rough with, and you come out the other side, mm. and you can actually laugh about it, but you're not trivial trivializing it. Yeah, it's like you're you're enjoying a kind of victory over. That struggle Yeah That hardship And so there's actually Something deep going on In the in the joke
1: Bringing out the fight, Bring on all the lightning Cause I'm Looking for a hero Look inside the mirror I find one Oh Carry the hurt When it gets too hard Pick it up Dust it off When I fall down Eleven I get up twelve Don't need nobody else Yeah I Save
2: myself Okay, Cameron. Pronounced right? Yes. Because it's like Cameron. Right. When I read it, well, I don't. I don't know many Camerons.
0: Well, it's a Scottish name. Okay. Uh, it Means crooked nose. Does That's it what really? They think. And when I, my wife is Scottish, and I've lived in Scotland for a little bit, and there it's Cameron, it so it is three syllables. Right. There, right. And I pretty much had to when i was introducing myself say it as they say it because if i said cameron Cam. like the kiwis <laughs> they'd be yeah not <laughs> sure a, what i'm talking about
2: dude how did you marry a scottish lady
0: oh that's a big story that's that's another podcast <laughs> <Okay>. um <laughs> but enough. uh i could just say i'll give you the 22nd the version and that um i was because i studied philosophy and then i studied theology i was just Always interested in the truth, and not maybe not interested in a career so much. Mm. And then, I, so I was actually training for the Catholic priesthood, and I was towards the end of it. And I went to this international event in Australia, and that's where I met her. Mm. She was had come over from the UK, and our parting agreement, we were just friends at this point. We'd known each other for a week. She said, "Can you be the priest at my wedding?" And yeah, um, <laughs> we went from there. <laughs> So, needless <laughs> to say, I didn't become a priest, <laughs> yeah. and um, she didn't marry the guy she was engaged to at the time. Wow. So. Um,
2: that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, that's amazing that you would meet someone, and at the end, they'd be like, hey, can you do one of the most important things? Kind of secondary yeah. to, I guess, husband, is. <laughs> let that person be my husband that's awesome look yeah. i have a soft spot for scotland before my uh, podcasting creative days i was a rugby player oh, yeah, and yeah. i played rugby there right whereabouts so I, i've had two seasons one at the very top in aberdeen okay and one at the very bottom in a little town called duns which is on the borders right where did you hang out when you were there
0: just west of glasgow mm-hmm. a place called greenock
2: yeah. Mm. It, uh, look, some of my formative years I, I can remember so that I'm 40 and this was 1998 because I was 18 and you could drink over there. Yeah. Okay. And I'd call everyone back here it was still 21 the drinking age yep. and I'd be like, "Guess what I'm doing?" <laughs> it's Sunday night and Scottish love a drink. So yeah. anyway, it, it, look, it's interesting and and it is interesting because uh well, I also married um from that part of the world I married a German lady and so yeah it's weird you know I was playing rugby in Germany and I remember pulling up one day to the club and I looked up and I looked at the date and I said what's no it was numbers and I said what's that and someone said oh it's the date that the rugby club um, was made and it was like before New Zealand was formed Okay. and you know we're like rugby players here and I'm like couldn't quite get my head around and I still can't the level of old Hmm. and Cameron maybe that's something for us as a theme to maybe go through is like I've got a bit and I try to not say this in like such a harsh way but a tiny bit of a distrust in everything new and it could be that I'm nearly graduating into being an old man so it's like get off my lawn (laughs) you know I, I hope it's not that but I've become really fascinated with um you know, ideas older than Instagram, ideas yeah. older than cool labels. And I wonder if I wonder if you know, I don't want to stick you in that box or anything, but I mean, well, I
0: guess if there's some ideas that we can still have access to that are old, it means that somehow they've stood the test of time,
3: right because not yeah. not
0: all ideas that they had thousands of years ago are still around now. the ones that didn't didn't um, cut it got dropped but there's others that have hung on Mm. and um so perhaps there's something to be investigated there
2: do you think it's cream rises to the top type (laughs) thing because it could also be that you know one of the things that gets floated is if you own the narrative you own the storyline and i guess that's partly kind of valid in some ways you know um Nike's you mean in terms of power uh, and just in terms of well influence power memorability if that's even a thing like Mm. nike spends a crazy amount of money making sure you know nike but you already know nike so why spend like why does maccas still advertise in prime time they're maccas yeah and there must be some you know these darker truths that you know like those things you hear about you see a brand eight times before you recognize it then Mm. the brain recognizes it like these kind of things that we like to um well we don't even we're not even privy to in general society you know.
0: Well, maybe though they know that all things pass away, um, you know. And if mm. if you if you're off your game for a, for a while, then even though you were top of the world, mm. um, you you can come crashing down. So so you, to even just to maintain that spot, you got to work hard. Yeah, mm.
2: yeah, yeah. It is interesting, isn't it? And mm. it's um, it makes you well, it makes me start to go further back and further back. And well, why? You know, that's where I what's the point in doing that if Mm. um, you know and I I guess I have a dual set of ideas which is something that maybe is something I've been grappling with you know like I'm from two cultures the Cook Island and the Kiwi culture or European culture I I am physically a large person but I feel like I'm just regular sized I you know like my favourite film growing up was Superman which is his whole story is Clark Mm. and Superman and which one's the real person. So I don't know if we all play a role. I'm sure we do um, deep down. But I feel like my kind of role is to try and better, how does it all fit in? And now Mm. I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, we've got the three kids, we've got the house. I've got an okay job with the prospect of a few exciting things on the horizon. What now? Hmm. You know, and that is my question, what now? Um, yeah. So
0: is it a question of what to do or is it a question of who to
2: be? Hmm. Let me just ponder that for a second. What to do, I feel like we're always driving, What well, age is kind of driving that. What to do, you know, what's hmm. appropriate for is it still cool for a 40 year old to be podcasting from his little studio I'm on the edge <laughs> Joe Rogan's 50 something I think I'm I'm hanging in yeah. there but but and I have this um what to do and what to be was the other one I think that's the one it's like yeah who to be why to be you know yeah well, Is it is it um yeah no I'm, I'm stuck there and it's not an unhappy place I'm actually okay if and part of me thinks that part of the challenge of this, this whole thing is you never see the answer you know mm. something like the goldfish looking out of the bowl yeah you can take yeah. your best guess
0: and I think um, there's something to be said for you know the, the dualities that you talked about you know mm. Cook Island and Pakeha mm. or whatever or, mm. um, or you're, you're big but you're not big or <laughs> yeah, it's not um, small. I don't think about yeah, myself, <laughs> yeah, but you know I'd what I mean. But, 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 but I think there's something to be said for um, trying to merge two things together. Mm. And when you, when you manage to merge them together for a brief glimpse, then somehow they give birth to something. Mm. So it's like it's a, it's a marital thing mm. almost, right? And um, so when we've got elements like that in our own identity. Then that can be fruitful, or if it's to do with a relationship, it's me and another person. Mm. So in your marriage or in a friendship or whatever, there's something fruitful if you can bring together the differences. You know, which can be painful sometimes mm. or difficult. Mm. Um, but it seems that that's that's where meaning is to be found in life. Mm. That's that's when the the real interesting stuff happens. And um, like last year, um, remember that year, twenty twenty. Mm uh i, I became year. aware like of just this rising mounting amount of conflict that there was especially where um the the blm um, thing erupted and, mm. and george floyd and everything mm. and and it was like whoa that's such a hot topic like there were hot topics before but this one's like white hot not yeah. just red hot yeah and <clears throat> and there were there were friendships being lost over it and everything and i thought whoa there's actually um maybe in the past i would have been like pushing for a particular side and then i realized like no 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 we've got to stop pushing for a particular side we've got to find a way to to meet together you know um to and because if we can meet together in the midst of this then wow like there could be great fruit Mm. from that Mm. um but so in in some ways it's it's like a back it's like a back burner mission at the moment. I say mission but I'm not really doing anything about it. But I'm but I'm I'm looking out for for an opening. Like um other people maybe who share this, this um this vision of wanting to find a way to bridge the gap where there's conflict and you know, even form a community of people in conversation who don't agree on stuff, but they agree that we could be friends even if we disagree. Absolutely. So Absolutely. there's this meta agreement.
2: Mm. Yeah. Look, two questions on that. Where does that realization come from from you? Is that something you've always kind of had? Is this a philosophy that you came across that you work to? Because where I'm I'm trying to go, I've dived into this kind of not really understanding you, right? Mm. And I think it's because I Googled you and I see a little bit about... And look, just be straight up blunt. I saw a little yeah. bit Catholic something. And yeah. and so I'm like, oh, cool. This is a guy who's got everything together. I'll just come and lay down the questions of life on him. <laughs> and, and and I really want to do that. but But I also want to understand kind of where you've come from. So mm. back to that, like this is a pretty scary time if you're open to today is this idea. And you have to implement that. And tomorrow might be another idea, and don't screw up because we haven't quite worked out how what we do with screw ups in today's world, you know. Mm. So, so yeah, that realization of, um, excuse me if I've got this wrong, but you're actually actively looking for ways that we can connect, that we can find what is it common ground.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, and you've got to go deeper normally to find Mm. it because on the surface, you might have this conflict. Mm. And But it's, it's interesting to get to dig deeper. And that's good for relationships anyway. Where does it come from? Um, maybe when I first started uni, I was born and raised in Pukekohe. And then when I left school, I went down to Waikato and mm. I studied philosophy. And um, on campus, I was encountering these um, Protestants or other Christian um, sort of missionaries. And when they found out I was Catholic, then they'd often, often sort of zero in. Because there's this Catholic Protestant, there's debates over lots of points of yeah. belief, right? So that was good for me in many ways because it forced me to like study up, and and um, and learn um, how to how to hold my side. But I mean, the conversations I don't think really bore much fruit. Um, we just agreed to disagree in the end. <laughs> but now, sort of twenty years on, um, I feel like those conversations which um, which were really debates, uh, have kind of um, transformed. I've, I've mellowed, and I've and I've realised like, okay, don't debate. Try and dig dig down for the common ground, and try and build something on that. Um, and so, as a chaplain at the Catholic um, University Chaplaincy in Auckland, um, that's what I read. Yeah, I do have the chance to to dialogue a bit with. Um, other Christians on campus and I'm really keen to keep doing that and to find the common ground and you know they might say oh you Catholics believe in such and such and I don't want to say instead of defending why we believe in such and such I want to say yeah but you've got this thing in your in your tradition and I reckon it functions in a similar way to, to our thing yes and it's like okay so maybe you disagree with our thing that's fine but you know you've got this thing and um and maybe there's a connection between them
2: yes yeah absolutely and I mean, if you think of how systems work, it's, you know, like the yin and the yang, the push and the pull, mm. like gravity also, you know, it's like, yeah, talk to the astronauts about how they feel when they come back down from not having weight on them, you know. Yeah. Um, and one of the ways I've been thinking about how we all fit together is is like the immune system, you know. Not everything in there is one thing. Right. There's some things built to attack the other, and, and we, yeah. we see and feel that sometimes. And, yeah. And, and yet we're piling all of this stuff in, and it's like, it's trying to work out, and that's just one area, right? We've got this whole other nervous system, and look, if I was a divine maker, I'd build something like that, that was so <laughs> robust, that if World the Worlds came, that's what killed the aliens, was the, the flu or whatever it was. Right. And, um... I thought actually that's an amazing feature. The problem is with that feature is it's really hard to uh, yeah, it's really hard to consolidate because it the design is opposite, but it's not, mm. you know, so it's like this eternal battle of yeah, and that's where I was kind of trying to work it out. Well, what is that? and it's yes, survival progression it quickly gets to for what, right? And I feel like, you know, if we're speaking bluntly, many people are in that for what zone. And, and that's my own personal kind of part of my personal journey as well. Yeah. Obviously, if you're living a happy, stress-free life, it doesn't seem to be working, you know, on mm-hmm. mass, let's just say New Zealand, the Western world, we're pretty Okay. You know, yet if you look at the suicide stats and all that stuff, it doesn't add up, and I don't think anyone really knows what to do with that. Yeah. um,
0: You know that that classic movie, The Matrix? Yeah, bro. And there's that scene where uh, Morpheus, I think, is being interrogated mm. by the two agents, and one of them um, kind of says something like, oh, he talks about humanity as a cancer on the, the planet anyway. But um, I think it's in that scene where they say that the first world that was created for the humans was was perfect but but the humans rebelled and like they lost whole batches or whatever Mm -hmm. and i think there's a deep truth in that that the only thing worse than having problems is having none right because it seems that the problem like we're we're natural problem solvers Mm. we want problems (laughs) yeah um even though we we don't realize we want them we're always looking looking to see oh we're gonna get over these problems and then finally things will be mm, good again but mm. actually we, we want we need problems yeah. in order to give meaning and and I'm um, I'm a bit of a Jordan Peterson um, I listen to his podcast Absolutely. a lot and he bangs on about meaning and he yep. says it's not it's not about happiness it's about meaning because when you think happiness you think no problems it's so like no no mm. meaning and meaning is that frontier where you're 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 battling with the problems and you you're making some progress mm. even though it's not pure progress cuz you're going to be like you're going to be losing some and winning some and mm. and that seems to be life
2: yeah man yeah. Well, look it's a it's a good um thing to raise jordan peterson i feel like in some ways he's done more for me being open to faith right yeah because i tell you one of the things that i'm that's hard let's just you you gave one of the examples of at uni um you know, you met the Protestant person and the Catholic person and they talk and like, yeah, you have a framework that you can debate from. Mm. I, I do come from a religious upbringing, but I, I don't know it well enough that I can even articulate um, the differences or the similarities. Yeah. So for what, when I look out into a landscape of bigger meaning, it's just lots of different ideas that I sit back some days and I'm like, well, seems like they all believe in a God. So that's that's a good start. Hmm. And then I quickly have this mind thing where I'm like, hmm, yeah, how would you choose which one? Are you born into it? Are you, is it within you to find? Um, because what if you choose the wrong one? Yeah. And, you know, the, it was a thought I had as a young kid but it was like well if half are right and half are wrong what does that mean like meaning something like well i don't know what the actual stats are but let's just say very crudely half the world believes in a a christian type belief and the other half say a muslim type belief Mm. so does anyone ever sit there and think who's right and wrong i don't i'm like yeah i married a german lady and she speaks a different language but it is a language, yeah. So, if I again, it must be the case that, yeah. Well, I don't know if it it can't be that simple because there's kind of different small caveats, right? In each, mm. or is there? I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get it. I guess it's a big, um, it's a big problem to try and mount. You've got all these uh, different. If you think of them as like thought systems or whatever, mm. you know, mm. vying for your adherence and which one do you pick and maybe that's maybe that's not the best way of approaching it because i think that's too hard Mm. to try and figure out uh i see life as a bit of a journey or a bit of an adventure so on an adventure you don't know you might have some basic idea of of the mission but you don't really know where it's going to take you Mm. and you don't really know what the end is going to look like either that's what makes it fun right exhilarating exciting but you've kind of got to read the signs as you go and Mm. so the signs and they're not they're not necessarily 100% obvious you could doubt the signs Um, there's plenty of room for doubt but you do your best to read the signs and I guess that's probably what most of us already do Mm. Um, this way seems to attract me more for some reason Mm. and sometimes I can explain why and other times I can't but I'll follow And I mean, for me, leaving the seminary where I was training for priesthood, it was hard to explain to people why I was leaving, but I knew very, very strongly that I I was meant to, Um, or I I had a strong desire and I knew it was right to follow it. Um, So yeah, in terms of the search for, if you're talking about a religious tradition, for example, follow the signs Mm. that you see where are they pointing you rather than thinking oh well I've got the sign pointing me to this thing which is just just there but oh I know there's other things way over there as well maybe I should check them all out Mm. and it's like but yeah, you'll never get anywhere (laughs) if you try and check out everything
2: and it gets back to that Feeling-based thing, which we don't know what to do with in our modern world. You know, mm. um, our feelings are hacked in some ways; they're guided, on mass. And mm. you know, I've helped. It's been helping me with metaphor. You know, so like take signs for example. We're indirectly right now. There's a Catholic church there, and there's a. Another church, two doors down that way. Okay, I forget what, exactly what it is, but. I think it's interesting that it's. We're, I'm right in the middle. So I sit there on Sundays and I'm like, I think it's like Wi-Fi for now. And I'm just, you know, there's 100 people there and 100 people there and they're praying hard and I'll collect some.
0: Is it a secured network or unsecured?
2: <laughs> I don't think G-O-D could be secured. Well, maybe, but maybe the difference is you've got to transfer it into... That's the bit, eh? That's yeah. the faith bit. That yeah. it's that, that amplifies everything, and and you know, mm. I talk about it a lot as metaphor, the leap of faith. But yeah. um, you know, it, in some ways, I can and look. I've ever heard Jordan Peterson talk about this, and he's a really interesting cat because he talks. Well, you'll hear him say things like, you know, act as if it's real type thing. And I, um is it Jonathan Peugeot? yeah you know that person yeah I know him. um I haven't quite listened to much of his stuff but he goes he's he's digging deep he's talking yeah. about symbolism and mm. and and ways things put are put together and more like shapes and it's like whoa uh, but but he did a podcast with Jordan and like Jordan just said he you know I remember what he was saying because I think it speaks to a lot of people who are just trying to you know we're not meaningless but we're definitely looking Mm. and it was something like um, he doesn't know what that means if you absolutely believe and I I think I share that I don't know what that means yeah to actually to and I think it's relevant in today's world think about 2020 was just about nothing said en masse about belief apart from believe that your government is mm. looking out for you. Yeah. Yet everything else extrapolated down, hugely lent on if you were lucky enough to have a family, deal with this isolation, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and the problem with it is you'll never be able to really measure it. You know, it's like, um, yeah, so look, there's...
0: Well, I think, yeah, it- Jordan Peterson's approach is really interesting and I always like hearing somebody who speak about the big things who hasn't necessarily subscribed to a particular um, tradition because I don't know there's just something it's maybe someone who's still really searching
3: Mm.
0: and so there's no idea that oh, I found what I'm searching for. Like I'm still searching. Mm. That's that's cool. That's exciting. Mm. Um, but, but but if it, you but it's broken. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, like
2: yeah. that's why I don't want to spend the next hundred podcasts searching for <laughs> true. You know. Well,
0: if you look, if you look <laughs> at the 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 issue you raised about the government mm. and stuff, um, it's not just the government, right? The government has a face, mm. a female face. Mm. And um, her popularity has been a big part of, you know, say pushing the whole COVID response. It's centered on on, an, on a person, mm. and I guess Christians would probably say the same about Christianity that it's not first of all a philosophy, a set of ideas. It's centered on a person, and nobody can replace uh, your contact your relationship with that person by giving you a big spiel so the spiel doesn't replace the face Mm. so is this person real um does this person have a real face um you know this person that christianity is centered around uh that's for each each of us to figure out Mm. and um i can't make that discovery for somebody else
2: yeah mm. yeah I but,
0: but i think the person it's good to zero in on that part of it instead of getting confused by all the because there's all the doctrine and all the mm. practices and all that that's the complex part mm. and in some ways it can be the superficial part but the deeper simpler part is is the person and um and that's what makes sense of all the other stuff i would
2: say well one of the things I've been trying to work out is, apart from the <laughs> the elephant in the room, which is what happens when you die, mm. the other benefits and, well, not really cons, but, you know, the pros and cons, if you like, of um, maybe more having a structured belief system. Mm. Um because you know i got for the first 40 years and the marriage is nearly 20 years old and okay i got some things to learn with like how to discipline myself to work but yeah. most things get paid and you know we're, we're kind of okay uh, we've <laughs> leveraged pretty hard on the generation before their wealth you yeah. know if I'm honest it's like how many 30, 40 year olds are getting mum and dad to help out with a substantial part of the mortgage Yeah, guilty you know and I'm like... Oof. I think there's more than not. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's not a good sign if your mum could come from the Cook Islands, have no money, but still buy a house, and now 40 years later, you're supposed to be the the, the golden kids, if you like, and right. you can't really earn enough, you know? Yep. So there's something deeper there. But um, I am just was having a thought when you were talking that, yeah, maybe also like the immune system... Some things are there to kind of like do the heavy lifting, and maybe I mean, does everyone need to have this extreme understanding of what it means to have a you know, let's say faith, for example, or can it radiate out? You know, maybe Mm. these maybe it's built exactly as it's laid out. Churches, you know, are not the majority, yeah, but there's enough of them. Like, Wi Fi is probably a really good example. Like, yep. y- you just have a few towers here, but if you're right next to it, you probably have the best internet. And then as long as there's enough of it, mm. you get coverage.
0: Well, if everyone decided to turn up to church on Sunday, churches wouldn't know what to do.
2: Like the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be horrible. That's right,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, no, and and I get the, the Wi-Fi analogy is good because there is a sense. I think Christians, for example, and maybe people of other faiths, um, certainly Jews I think hold this probably stronger than Christians that it's like I, like I heard a, a Jewish um, guy, maybe an Orthodox Jew saying like, you don't have to become a Jew, Like, we're doing that for you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Christian, Christianities are less like that because the Christian will want to say no I want to share what I've got with you but on the other hand it's like well let's just pray for
2: everyone mm, mm. which is which is awesome mm. you know And I probably should backtrack a little bit because there's things that I think I'm missing, which is, you know, I mentioned discipline. I sometimes have a tougher time making myself sit down. I'm studying at the moment and trying to work. And I really don't want to do my assignments and it's showing in my bad marks. (laughs) Yeah, But I know that I have to teach myself how to do that. So there's this kind of consolidation of a bit less fun today for tomorrow and I don't have a framework mm. of that and you know the western world hasn't prepared me for anything like that it's like yeah man you go get yours today you know and you'll be fine you'll be fine but it's not that way it doesn't play out like that so I mm. think I I would like to lo- and maybe I'm doing it through my podcast you know it's like okay share some lessons that can help with um, the, how how can I work through that you know and and it's also the same about praying for others. Like, yeah, if you don't have that framework, how do you do that? You know, mm. is it donations for others? But are you missing the main bit, you know?
0: Yeah, well, it could still be fostering an intention, right? That That this person or mm. those people or everyone, but sometimes the more concrete, the better, mm. flourishes, right? Mm. So you could even, I mean, if you don't necessarily believe in God who's listening to my prayer and answering it Mm. but even just to foster an intention in your heart a good intention towards others Mm. seems to be a good thing right because it's putting you in a good good frame and you can kind of do it just by sitting down and doing it right yeah yeah. and sometimes you know we get we realize that we're frustrated with someone it might happen in your marriage or Mm. with your kids or whatever it's amazing you can sit down and you can actually work on your intention and you can go i'm really angry with them but it's like oh i suppose they're like what are, how are they going yeah maybe they're struggling a bit hmm. actually they are pretty amazing mm. and then and then suddenly your intention towards them can change mm. and we can just do that mm. it's amazing yeah you know you're right you're right but yeah. on the other hand it can fall off again
2: well it can be hacked <laughs> Yeah, you know and you can you know as I'm learning through my studies like we're just we're built up of all of these especially like bio mechanically you know where mm. everything is interweaved with each other and it has so much influence you know like you're a big part of the study is stress and anxiety and how to influence those and that's why I've really fallen deeply for the breathing styles that you know um induce calm and to understand what you do when you team that up with like hot sauna and cold baths and like it makes so much logical sense and that's that kind of that's that concrete thing that I'm willing to put like a faith into yeah because if it's really obvious if I do a breathing exercise with somebody and they can't tolerate it that that sets the tone of what needs to be done, Mm. right? And it's all about the balance of the body, but it does get to a place where we don't quite know how to articulate it. Like the best we can do medically is say homeostasis is a thing to aim towards because you're not using more or less, but then it's why. Right. Is it to make a good decision? Is it to be in a position to pray for somebody? Maybe, you know, maybe prayers don't work if you're highly strung out. I mean, I'm sure they do, but you know what I mean? Maybe Mm. we're missing chunks, which is why it makes it feel so hard. Mm. And, And if you set it up in a way where, as I try to with my wife three to four times a week, Sauna, 20 minutes, sweat, okay. It feels good for about 15. Next 10, you've got to focus a little bit more on slowing everything down mm. just through your breathing. You can feel your heart, all right, it gets to that point, I one out. It feels great for a second about outside, but you dunk straight in the cold pool. This sucks. Calm down, adrenaline's going, I know what's happening. Hop out, euphoria, you know. Mm now let's do some breathing exercises where we hold our breath and rise our CO2 tolerance till we feel the panic to breathe. Okay, could do a little few more steps as I walk, you know, stuff like that. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's that seems to be, you know, especially if you look back in history or even in the Eastern philosophies, you know, where yoga wasn't tight pants and a gym in Remuera. <laughs> it was stretching exercises to give you the, as Māori would say, the breath of life, you know? Yeah. And even, as lots of friends point out to me in the Bible, it's like, God gave man the gift through the nose. And I'm like, talk about signs, I think about that all the time. Yeah. I'm like, that's pretty blunt. Yeah. It wasn't through the ears or the eyes or, you know, the heart as or the rights of man. It was like, yeah. wow, through the nose. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, and even in the New Testament, you've got Jesus using the images of the um, the Spirit and the water oh. with baptism. You know, right, so right. you've got to be um, born of water and the Spirit. It's like, yes. and so it's not he's not talking about these exercises specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't think, but it's like there's an analogy yeah. between them because I've been pondering this myself, and I, I read the Wim Hof book mm. um, a few months ago. And so I've been doing the the breathing and mm. and the cold water not not ice cold because um, I don't have the setup for that. Yeah. Um, but even just going out to the sea that's it. Just at the mm. at the break of dawn, and um, do do my breathing, go for my run, mm. get in the sea, and um, there's been some real magical moments. You know, when you you, the water's up to here, and you're just calm and you're looking out over the yes. harbour, and it's like wow but having said that I don't know it's it still needs a soul absolutely yeah and I'm and I'm trying to find a way I think I haven't yet connected those practices fully with um, the my deeper identity Um, you know I guess I'm I would identify myself very strongly as as a Catholic and reading the Wim Hof book was a little bit risque because it was a bit new agey at times, (laughs) but I thought just plow on through and just pick up everything that I possibly can, all the gems. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of gems in it that I thought I found. Um, But then it's like integrating that. Well, I think it'll just take time. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, and also, you know, others as you are for me, I can for you like, uh, What I realized when I was investigating the Wim Hof stuff is that's only one spectrum of breathing. Like, it's actually beautiful. You've got breathing to get you going and breathing to calm you down. Right. And his breathing's based on tumo breathing, which is, you know, this ancient practice of the Buddhist monks. And basically the way they would show people is they'd sit out in the cold and put a wet sheet over them and breathe rapidly to... Basically, a light lighten up their um, stress response, you know. Right. So that's the medical way of explaining it. Where adrenaline floods the body, mm. where cortisol has risen, you know, like you were going into battle. But their battle was to, um, you know, not speaking spiritually, but point blank, just a dude sitting in the ice mm. was to stay warm. And yeah. I thought that was amazing. And I too kind of um, went down the whim. But there's a thing that always was a conflict for me. Is I'm not that type of person, you know. When I referenced Mm -hmm. before that you know I'm gentle, and I mean I'm not always gentle, but by most parts I've been raised in a way and just my nature, you Mm -hmm. know. So I was like, man, well, what's the deal there? Yeah. And I realized that when you look at stress and anxiety, people don't breathe in a gentle way, so you could never say that. Um, someone is not they're breathing in a Wim Hof way all day and I think that's actually the main cause of why we're all flipping out well you know a large percentage of us are not doing well because you're running hot all day all night and you have no time to relax it's actually what I think um, broke Jordan Peterson was that you know if you if you look at him it looks like he has dry mouth and those type of things and mm-hmm talking a lot so you're um, in terms of your oxygen and carbon dioxide balance it's pushing out a lot when you push out too much carbon dioxide you enact these ancient systems within us the stress fight or flight Mm. people only think it turns on when you're near a car crash or Mm. but 30 Wim Hof breaths will turn it on Yeah. so it didn't feel right and I was like that's weird I don't know why that why doesn't it feel right so I explored the other side which is this you know, the six books that the Chinese have on breathing. And it's like, basically the rule is, if you can hear someone breathe, you're not breathing right. Right. Okay. And I'm like, whoa. So that's completely the opposite. Yeah. And then you have the people who went and sat in caves for 30 years and just focused on breathing. Yeah.
0: So that's slow and deep. That's yeah? that's
2: slow and deep and silent. And, and almost running at a oxygen deficit. And that's how they get their heart really low. Ah, oh, okay. Ah, you know? oh,
0: so the heart has to slow down to keep yeah. up with the, the the slow rate of That's oxygen. Right.
2: In fact, when you breathe out longer, your diaphragm squashes the heart, and when the heart squashes, uh, it sends a signal to slow down. Oh, okay. So the opposite is true for Wim Hof. <sighs> you know, you're hyperventilating, and it's the opposite. You're letting more blood through because the diaphragm is, expands yeah. the cavity. Yeah. So you know, it was beautiful that I stumbled across this because it felt like I was searching for something. And then it was like, oh, this is too obvious to... You know, I'm doing my master's and all this stuff, and I'm like, I don't really want to do it because I don't really have a desire to sit down um, and write whatever it is you have to write. And I I'm, i haven't decided yet, but I'm like, oof, that's, that's going to be a tough... Um, it's going to be a tough master's for me, you know. So that's what you're doing at the moment? It's part of what I'm doing, yeah. Okay. So I, I, I teach for three days a week. Um, like, my profession is, you know, video editing and that. So that's what I teach. Right. Uh, I can get into a bit of that off here. And, um, yeah, I do. Um, I started off in full swing doing a master's of sport exercise and health. And that was full, you know. I sat down and I'm like, oh, my gosh, i got four papers. And these are full-on level eight or whatever. Yeah, okay. I can't do this, so I dropped down a little bit, mm. and now I'm just doing one this semester. I'm like, why am I make? I just paid off my student loan from Waikato Uni. Okay, took me like well since then till now. Why am I loading up more stuff? And you know, that's that thing. It's like I, I guess I'm trying to find out in real time what to do. Yeah, you know, and it's not like I'm sitting here thinking I don't know what to do in fact I did some writing today which I was really happy with it was a conglomerate of everything that I can trust in and it's basically around three things like slow nasal breathing so you have an understanding of slow breathing calms the system fast breathing ignites it in the modern world it's probably you probably understand the ignition Mm. just by default we've got cars for example you're going to have to have some level of ignition but the the cold and the heat like i laid out before this plays some deep role in. well if you just want to do it yeah it's good for you but if you want to use it as a resilience buffering tool i think there's some beautiful um stuff in that so you know i also am hoping that one of these nights when i'm sitting out in the cold pool i might you know have a revelation about something or mm-hmm. or I'm not really sure like I've I've also pondered going across to the church on Sunday and I've run the mind map of what would they think of just do people roll in
0: Yeah occasionally yeah, yeah. and I mean I guess the experience of a roller in <laughs> is going to be different each time cuz some you know some some people that roll in will be you know they'll be noticed mm. and they'll be welcomed mm. and other people might just fit in too much Mm. and then so no one notices that
2: they're new yeah yeah i'm pretty (laughs) sure it depends on the expectation of the person
0: rolling in whether they want to be noticed or not or
2: yeah i just think i'm bringing the church here like you're here tonight on tuesday i got another guy cliff from pukekoe as well okay and uh, cliff thompson and he's um does some chaplain stuff so I'm definitely exploring, you yeah, know, and I'm using yeah. this, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. And and I would say, well, from a Catholic perspective anyway, Sunday Mass, as it's called, is not often, it's not often the best introduction mm. because there's a lot there that, uh, I don't know what your prior understanding is, mm. but say someone who doesn't understand much at all is going to find a lot of stuff that's not explained, mm. right? So it's ritual. So the ritual kind of uh, unfolds and you can't be there explaining the whole
2: thing because then it wrecks it. <laughs> I wish I'd so, come along with you. And yeah, I'll yeah, be we'll like your plus yeah. one <laughs> yeah. to church, you know, and you'll be like, it's all right, he's new, he's from Woku." Well, there's something
0: to be said. if you, I mean, if you're interested and you go along with somebody who then you can then debrief with afterwards, mm. then for sure.
2: Maybe we could try that and then we'd do a podcast about yeah. it because why not? Yeah. I even had thought if I could get my act together, I could make that a bit of a sub-series of the podcast where I could try uh, Faith. But I don't know if everyone would think, mm, no, nah, we don't do that. First of all, you can't get enough out of one session. You know, secondary, it's not for your <laughs> download numbers. Which it's not, but I thought that would be the way, just like, like if I don't have this podcast there's limited ways you and I connect. Yeah. Because it's not that common that mm. you would email people two, three times out of your social circles, you know. We may have mutual friends, but, you know, that's like, it's pretty, I don't quite know exactly what I'm saying or what to do with what I'm trying to lay out, but, mm. you know, there's something, there's something I don't know what it is I'm enacting you know a a curiosity I guess yeah Uh, better understanding Yeah. hope to reveal it'd be nice to get to a space where I could have more um, understanding of a bigger picture and not just to have an understanding but to know what to do with that Mm. you know Um, yeah because at the moment I don't know I don't know what What's you know we're incentive based in some ways what's the incentive mm. to better understand um, I mean do you see that in uh, one of the things you said earlier was you're excuse me if I'm wrong, but you're saying you're kind of more chilled in your way that you
0: yeah in in relation to people who who I don't agree with about things Mm. maybe I'm more chilled I guess when you're a young guy and you're like really interested in figuring out what you believe about things Mm. and then you encounter someone who's wrong clearly wrong about (laughs) something (laughs) so you get your stick out (laughs) to beat them with um and then as but then you you realize that that's it's not um not a great experience for either of you And um, so you think oh, it's better not to be on the offensive Mm. it's better to try and connect with somebody and also I I think something I would say now that I may not have said in the past I've just encountered enough people who agree with me on say beliefs but I don't feel a connection with them at all and it's because there's not this meta agreement Mm. because we might agree we might tick all the same boxes of what we believe um, sort of Explicitly, but then our attitudes towards others, say outside the church, might be quite different,
3: mm.
0: and they might be like, "Oh, those wrong people out there," and I'm just like, mm, "No, I don't really like, you know, I, that's not how I see it." Mm. And um, you know, because everyone's on a journey, and generally everyone's carrying a truth with them, and so everyone's got a truth to offer you, and and you've got something to offer them, right? And um, so no one's got the monopoly. Mm. So then I would find it hard to connect with that person even if we we tick the same belief boxes. Yeah. And and um whereas there might be someone who I encounter who doesn't tick many belief boxes but we're having a conversation and I'm like nodding at everything they say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well look we are kind of like that, right? Yeah. Like that's and you mentioned meta belief and what is that? Is that is that the uh oh, it's, it's a it, you not your job to prove anything because you can't do it with the language we talk in this world is that the meta like the oh i
0: think i just mean like we don't necessarily um it's it's more of a we have the same attitude Mm. basic attitude towards life yeah even if on the surface we have different thoughts about it yeah but there's an underlying attitude and maybe for me it's, a, it's an attitude of openness mm. so when I find that attitude of openness in someone it doesn't matter what tradition they're coming from I yeah. can connect with them mm. and if I don't find it even if they're from my tradition mm. I find it difficult yeah
2: yeah. so yeah what, it's a nice thing to say actually because it can seem you know I'm not that much of a fan of the outsider type language but let's say for Catholic Church I am right But to know that uh, not every single person who goes to every single Catholic church has everything squared away, and I don't. Yeah, yeah, you know, because there's that wouldn't most of us wouldn't think that way. It's we all have a journey. Mm. And but but I guess that's the bit that I'm. And also, um, and don't
0: think for a second that I that I've got it together. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, and not not that I, not that you stated it um, (laughs) as such, but. Um, Just wanted to make it clear. (laughs) I need, I need the, well, the Camerons need the wills. Mm. Um, Partly because I love being around people asking questions. It brings me to life. And if I'm not, then I'm lost. Do you know Mm, what I mean? mm. So um, someone who asks questions sees me brought to life and thinks, oh, he's got it. Yeah. (laughs) But actually, in their absence, I don't. Mm. So it's mm. the combination that works. It's not me as such. Mm. Um, and and I'm, I'm just like the next guy in terms of of, being quite vulnerable to yeah. that sense of meaninglessness and
3: so mm.
2: on. Uh, have you ever kind of like questioned the thing you can't see as not being there? Like God? yeah. Yeah, um, because I don't really mean that in a physical thing I'm not someone love for example I can't prove to you if I speak Mm. all day and show you my ring but I feel a love for my wife and it's a trust Yeah, and so I totally get that and I think I have Uh that already for God I just don't know when I say God what that really means and the implications of that to others because if I just said I believe in a God which I do I just don't know which one yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I think I know what you mean. Um, I think I've always had a very firm belief in God that, mm. that just from earliest days. Yeah. So I've never had a doubt really about God. Mm. I've def- I've had doubts about me, you know. Mm. Am I any good? But um, which can in the end amount to the same thing, because if 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 yeah, if my life isn't worth anything, then. Um, then everything's meaningless. Yeah. Everything becomes meaningless mm-hmm. for me anyway. So, um not that I've had too too many super dark moments yeah. in my life, but yeah. yeah, no, I've never really doubted God. Um somehow. But but I it's interesting talking to people who don't have that same firmness and I'm almost first thing to talk to someone Mm, who doesn't mm. who does you know because I don't know it's just a perspective that interests me a lot
2: well why and why does it interest you a lot you know because I think it's fun to articulate that or meaningful to do that but also I that exact same thing of not like doubting it is what I have about hope Mm -hmm. but my problem with that is Hope might not have enough bandwidth for an awesome life. Right. What like, do you mean by hope? Like like what I acknowledged to you when you arrived. Oh, this is cool. It's like we, uh, we took a uh, pretty well-measured punt, but at the end of the day, it's still a punt because... Yep you don't know everything about me. I don't know everything about you, but we know enough and Mm. it's worth it. I feel like it's really worth it. It's like, it's really fun chatting to you right now. Mm. And I really enjoy this, that this can be a thing. And I think that's like, even from a practical point of view, it's cool to have another network, you know, maybe, maybe it, maybe we become really awesome mates in the future, but there's no other way to project that. Unless you talk. Yeah. or at least give yourself a permission to meet, so yeah, my and hope is you know that humans are good, for example, yeah,
0: um so you it's is it a sense that things are gonna turn out good somehow
2: it's it's that's been my sense my whole life, and the challenge has been how do I consolidate the opposite to that horrendous stuff like I'm very fascinated, not always, but I'm very fascinated in things like um. So this is like one of the stories I heard. You know Dave Chappelle, the comedian? Mm. Uh, I don't
0: know him, but I hear people talking about him.
2: So he's kind of like a philosopher, but he just doesn't really kind of harsh comedic language. Yeah. But sometimes he'll sit down and explain things, and he talked about a book, and I probably should know a little bit more about this, but um, basically it's the book of uh, a pimp just goes bends over backwards to not let this uh, lady that he's controlling out of his pimpness, right? And basically constructs this whole thing um, to do with a fake death and that she just about gets out and has to come back to help because of human nature and willingness to help but the whole thing's a ruse, right? Just to control. Mm. And at the end of that kind of thing, the pimp doesn't even care about that person. He just wanted to press the, right. So I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that type of, that kind of darkness. Yeah. That is, you know, it's the Victor Frankl's book, the man's search for meaning. Mm. It's, um, It's just this horrendous darkness. And I I have grown up in a way which never really... um... Well, one thing is I never saw the the extreme ends. And the other thing was my dad kind of made a mistake where he took alpha male on too long, right? So I'm only really working out how to deal with conflict in my 30s and 40s. And it's not even like, you know, conflict or fighting or something. It's more just like you don't have to say yes to everything. Mm. But you need to learn that, you know, and it it's a balancing act a little bit. So, yeah, I don't know if that kind of takes us too much on a tangent, but you know what I mean? like
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you're talking about the problem of real evil motivation or something like that, where yeah. it's not just, oops, it's actually... And there's not even anything really in it. It seems for the person. No. Um, some some the worst
2: psychopathic stuff you can yeah. think of. Yeah. That sits within.
0: Yeah. And. They call it radical evil or something mm, like that mm. in the philosophical um, circles. Um, which I'd yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I'm not sure there is such a thing as radical evil. I still think there's some kind of there's some kind of good being aimed at even if it's so twisted and horrible and distorted but it's like you can't really aim at anything else but something good so even if in the process you're wrecking lots of other people so there's some pleasure that he's getting out of the the control right and so in some sense that pleasure is still kind of a good even though it's not really a good in the big scheme of things Mm. but it's like there's got to be a little shred of good Um, in order for you to aim at something. Mm. Otherwise, you wouldn't aim at it. Um, But can you just aim at something that's just purely, I don't know. I don't know if anything can be pure evil. That's the thing.
2: What if, I mean, I think that's people's problems with systems. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, you hear the word of privilege and that being brought up and I'm not a fan of it because I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean? You know, like, how can you, I think my problem is in the name of fairness. I have a big problem with, you know, it's we're going to make it fair. You know, and I, maybe Jordan Peterson has helped me kind of think about that. You think you would be a lot better if yeah. you just had the control. Look at history, you know. Yeah. Um and and yeah. Yeah, what to do with um Yeah, what to do with that, you know, like
0: Yeah, I don't mm. know. Um, yeah, sometimes, and well, in thinking that you've got all the answers, then you're probably you're probably going to become the that that another one of those tyrants. Mm.
2: Yeah, for and sure. Th- well, that's where I think like there's a pu- there's a, p- obviously a puzzle missing of these ancient ideas, you know, um, which is kind of the substitute for me at the moment is just really the belief is in these breathing techniques that mm. that I wonder, look, and I, I'm not saying anything really, but I wonder if they were more influential in the ancient practices than we give credit to. Um, one of the mm. bits of research that I, put me down the path of studying is they timed three or four different types of ancient prayer, and what they found is the rhythms We're timed at this kind of gentle four to six breaths a minute. And Mm. that is what I practice and enact now. This is what they call functional breathing. Four to ten breaths a minute is functional breathing. Dysfunctional breathing would be diagnosed with ten to twenty. And most people, 80% of people, are the ten to twenty. So, but it's a hell of a thing to miss. Because if you just think you're a psychopath because, um, what if it was that you partly had a lifetime of being in fight or flight and your body got used to always thinking you were being chased by a tiger? Plus you were really being chased by a tiger, metaphorically, you know? Mm. Like, breaking points are real. Or, Or, I don't know, but certainly feel that way yeah and w- my kind of well i'd like to find out if there's some missing bits i it know if you know if you can find that out you know but mm. but um
0: you've been in someone who's reached that psychopathic oh constant. sorry no
2: just that if you were to go to church every week and first of all you're around people there's got to be some chemical not a covid sharing but the opposite (laughs) to that right something like positive yeah shake a hand get good clothes on i've thought about that often you know people your sunday best yeah the pursuit of trying to dress up you know just because because we're going to do it okay everybody my mum used to say that when she came to new zealand everyone dressed up when they went to town you know Mm. and now like you can go to the supermarket and you're Boxes Or, you know, in a comfy... <laughs> nearly, yeah. Nearly. um, And, yeah, w- those ideals to aim towards, like just, look, the, the ritualistic side, maybe that's it, you mm. know, the rituals. And my bit of fear at the moment is that the... And this is not even about afterlife, right? It's only about life-life or whatever. Yeah. What is after... What's the opposite to afterlife? Just life. Yeah, I suppose it's life. It's like... <laughs> optimize that and I wonder if you know almost like a you um, might think about adolescence to adulthood and as a progression that maybe the adolescence uh, the the afterlife should be thought about when ready mm. but you know I don't know man like it's all yeah there's probably too many thoughts running around
0: no that's okay I mean the, the whole this life slash afterlife question interests me Quite a bit. Mm. Um, when I did my final like theology stuff, I wrote a thesis on um, a detail of the Gospels where they they add that when Jesus rose again and showed himself to his disciples, he had the wounds—the five—the wounds in his hands, his side, and his feet. So, like the crucifixion wounds. So, otherwise, his body's like restored, even glorious sometimes. But but he's got these wounds in it. So the glorious body of the Son of God has wounds. Mm. And that's weird, you know. And, and so so my whole thesis really was about why. like, Why is that significant? But, I mean, it's it's not hard. You don't have to dig very far to find significance for that. Um, it connected with the whole forgiveness thing. It was meant to be a thesis on forgiveness. It ended up being a thesis on the, the wounded Christ. But the whole idea that... See, I, I don't like the idea, or I don't subscribe to it, that heaven is just this perfect place um, with the fluffy clouds and stuff. But no, I think that, I think we could still be bearing our wounds there. It's just they're transformed now. Mm-hmm. And there's that phrase we say, one day we'll look back on this and laugh. So heaven could be looking back on all the catastrophes that we've lived through, but but from a position where we can laugh. And without... Uh, without trivializing what happened right and because you can there can be a deep laugh you know when you're with someone you love who you've gone through something really rough with and you come out the other side mm. and you can actually laugh about it but you're not trivializing it yeah it's like you're you're enjoying a kind of victory over that struggle yeah that hardship and so there's actually something deep going on in the, in the joke
2: um, man yeah. that's 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 intense that's awesome that's awesome would you say at about what point would the good conversation come out i mean you told me in a podcast because what are we like 40 something minutes oh, it's <laughs> normally an hour but <laughs> <laughs> well look man
0: but obviously you're, you're a good podcast oh, so
2: no because when you're talking about that my wife and i 11 years ago we lost a baby right wow okay. this baby was born so right. it's like how old uh she was one month old so she had this muscle condition which meant she couldn't move yeah but they needed to diagnose her and Mm. basically it was Mm. like if the machine didn't pump the diaphragm didn't move and in the end we had to turn the machine off right Mm. it's like yeah it's pretty gnarly stuff but some of the things i think back in that time was i'd make jokes with friends and i don't know whether to feel what to feel about those Mm. because I think some of them were coping mechanisms and others were me just... um, So it's not quite the we'll look back and laugh because haven't really hit that stage. and Maybe there won't be, but the humour bit is the bit that... um, You know, it's something kind of magical about it. That it's a... You know, and we just kind of write them off as coping mechanisms, but they're not. You know, they're... um, yeah. Well,
0: yeah, maybe it's it's a creative act because mm. you you break the tension, right? There's tension that builds up through the kind of anxiety yes. and the trauma and the the joke or the laugh mm. breaks it. Mm. But then it can build up again. So it's like this thing it builds and then you can break it because mm. you got to break it otherwise you'll go insane. Yes. Right? But so as part of your processing you you need to break that tension mm. regularly. Yes. But it's not it's not endless joking it's it's the it's the joking to break the tension when
2: needed I think that's the thing that's maybe tough about thinking about the Germans have a um, term called Regelmäßig which is like I don't even know how we would describe it in English like um, especially Kiwi English like you know when you you have to do something okay. or it's like we're going to do this and that's the way we do it what would be an example the All Blacks always do a haka.
0: Oh yeah, okay. So you can't it's, not.
2: It's regular music. Yeah, okay? <laughs> that's probably the w- bad example because they haven't done the haka once in Wales. They didn't do it.
0: It's still pretty much. But it's yeah. yeah
2: so like that's the way we're gonna do it. Yeah. Okay. So you better be have a good reason not to. Um. Why did I bring that up? Oh no, I forgot. Uh,
0: we were talking about laughing and breaking the tension. Yeah. And and, I and went into you... some
2: story and oh mm. there was I'll probably think about it. Um, order, doing it, ah, anyways. It'd
0: be interesting to see because German words are often conglomerations of several German words, mm. and maybe it's there's at least two words in there, maybe. I wonder what they are.
3: Yeah. Google uh, it sometime.
2: Yeah, true. Well, also they have words, because I went to, my mother-in-law only speaks German so when we were living there I went to do a German course and it was actually kind of cool because I met heaps of like um, I never re- really met Muslim people before but okay. of course they were the ones doing German and some <laughs> thing in my mind I thought I'd be meeting German people but <laughs> they were teaching the German pretty much yeah okay, yeah yeah and and um, and also all of the people coming in uh, lots of migrants and immigrants yeah, so right. that makes sense um, it was it was weird they didn't know what to do with me and they had never heard of New Zealand and right. all of those type of things but but um yeah that it was it's good it's good to understand a little bit of another language mm. It'd be better to have a better grasp on this language like in my masters it would help me but but one of the things that um i i um would often think is that german one word just means specific and you have to join no 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 it's the other way around English you got to join three or four words together to make a meaning you know like it was a very beautiful day right but they've got a word for that yeah okay yeah. and so they when they team that up with another word that means like four things mm. they're you know that bandwidth again is yes. just like uh, and my father-in-law who is in his eighties, he was telling me that German originally was written in a way that could segregate because you could tell in three or four words where someone was at in the picking order uh, okay. in terms of um, hierarchy. Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting because the first thing I said to him is I'm so lucky. I grew up here because you can be whatever you want here. You really can, mm. you know, in Germany, up until recently they had three levels of like high school but as i call them like smart medium dumb (laughs) okay and like doctors come from smart
0: yeah
2: you know podcasters come from the middle (laughs) and you know we won't lay out what the dumb people jobs do but you know something like i don't know whatever it is low paying jobs maybe yeah but i i you know I was able to go to university and do all that stuff and mm. on on a good day, I'm okay at it, but there's a lot of struggle that goes through, and so I understand the premise of why they would do that. It's way easier if will just bats where he can bat on paper, but there's a you know that's that hope thing, eh it's like if will's the character and his story, and yeah who knows he struggles his way through like Rocky did and he gets his masters or beyond mm. and uh, he shouldn't have got it because he wouldn't have in Germany.
0: Yeah. Now, I mean, theologically faith, sorry, hope builds on a prior faith. So if you have a hope, it means that, and I think you do anyway, you, you have, you have some kind of faith because mm. the hope is more experiential, you know, it's more like a sense of what's going to happen, mm. whereas faith is more connected to what, like what I believe is true Mm. Normally the hope's built on some at least implicit what I believe is true mm. about the world.
2: I think it's that I was raised in a way I was raised in a Christian way. And I <laughs> I withdraw out of that bank mm. and that's why it doesn't feel right to me. Right, okay. Because
0: um So you're you're helping to your parents are helping you to pay the mortgage so and they've given me the
2: hope by installing the you know the lessons the proper lessons of well whatever the you know let's just say general commandments mm. right but you know maybe that is actually how it's supposed to be because again yeah. there wouldn't be enough room for all of us to pile into the church yeah, so, so yeah. To, to make it work en masse which it has to work individually and at scale mm. um because not many things do that do they not many things work on both
0: no successfully but going back to the whole hope thing and like the whole thing of of borrowing from the previous generation Mm. i can understand how in one sense you can feel like you're not you're not taking full responsibility or whatever but on the other hand The whole idea of a generation handing down something to the next one seems to be that it just seems to be the way things are in a healthy society there has Mm. to be some proper handing on because you not a generation can't just reinvent everything now a new generation hopefully is creative and they receive something from the past and then they do something with it Mm. and it gets transformed because otherwise it'll die um and get it'll get stale and it'll die but then If you're handing something down as well, then I think it's okay you're receiving something. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. As long as it's going to the next step. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, then maybe that's the tension. What's everyone today want to hand down?
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a funny one, eh? Because, say, with, say, Christian culture, for example, you get, say, explicit faith. And then that's handed down and it gets transformed into maybe an implicit faith. And that gets handed down into a, a sense of something. But then after that, what happens to it? It's mm. it's getting too diluted to be, ha- to be a thing being handed down, maybe.
2: Yeah, and then think about where like, let's just say where you are with faith, all the iterations of that story till it gets to you. Yeah, for sure. You know? And it, one of the interesting things that I did is I downloaded um, the Brothers Grimm. You familiar with that? Yep. So these are the like nursery. Yes, yeah, but the original volumes of these books, which were like 1812 or something, mm. these two brothers in Germany did a mission and collected all these stories, right? And then they did a second version in like 1850 something, and it it was the reversions of the stories without so much brutalness oh yeah because they were being now used you know so like uh whoever kind of had power they had to be the good people but the original stories were real like they're harsh and i don't know i kind of think that that's that's maybe what i don't know like i just i haven't quite known what to do first of all why i'm interested in those things Mm. um
0: do you think there's something more authentic about the original ones?
2: Not really.
0: No. Because they don't make sense. Ah, okay. You know, so. Do they have to be read um, very symbolically?
2: Let's just, like, just go, just try one. Like, okay. just listen to, like, two minutes of it. And okay. They don't even have meanings. They do, but they're weird ones where it always ends with, and then they died. <laughs> um, let's just see yeah. if it will come through here. All right, here we go.
4: Mother Hola. A widow had two daughters, one who was beautiful and diligent, the other ugly and lazy. But she was fonder of the ugly and lazy one, and the other had to do all the work, and was just like the Cinderella in the house. Now, one day the beautiful maiden went out to fetch water. And as she bent over to pull the bucket from the well, she leaned over too much and fell into the water. And when she awoke and came to her senses, she was lying on the ground in a beautiful meadow where the sun was shining and thousands of flowers were growing. She left the meadow and soon she came to a baker's oven full of bread. But the bread was yelling, "Oh, take me out, take me out or else I'll burn. I've already been baked long enough. So she went to the oven and diligently took out everything. After that, she moved on and came to a tree full of apples. Oh, shake me, shake me, the tree exclaimed. My apples are all ripe. So she shook the tree until the apples fell like raindrops, and she kept shaking until they had all fallen to the ground. After that, she moved on. At last, she came to a small cottage, where an old woman was looking out of a window. She had such big teeth. That the maiden was scared and wanted to run away. But the old woman cried after her, Don't be afraid, my dear child. Stay with me. And if you do all the housework properly, everything will turn out well for you. You must only make my bed nicely and give it a good shaking so the feathers fly. Then it will snow on earth, for I am Mother holla Since the old woman had spoken so kindly to her, the maiden agreed to enter her service. She took care of everything to the old woman's satisfaction, and always shook the bed so hard that the feathers flew about like snowflakes. In return, the woman treated her well. She never said an unkind word to the maiden, and she gave her roasted or boiled meat every day, after the Maiden had spent a long time with Mother Holla, her heart saddened. Even though everything was a thousand times better there than at home, she still had a yearning to return. At last, she said to Mother Holla, I've got a tremendous longing to return home, and even though everything is wonderful here, I can't stay any longer. You're right, Mother Holla responded. And since you've served me so faithfully, I myself shall bring you up there again. She took the maiden by the hand and led her to a large gate. When it was opened and the maiden was standing beneath the gateway, an enormous shower of gold came pouring down and all the gold stuck to her so that she became completely covered with it. I want you to have this because you've been so diligent,' said Mother Holla. Thereupon the gate closed, and the maiden found herself up on earth. Then she went to her mother, and since she was so covered with so much gold, her mother gave her a warm welcome. Then, when her mother heard how she had obtained so much wealth, She wanted her other ugly and lazy daughter to have the same good fortune. Therefore, this daughter also had to jump down the well. Like her sister, she awoke in the beautiful meadow and walked along the same path. When she came to the oven, the bread cried out again, "Oh, Take me out, take me out, or else I'll burn. I've already been baked long enough. But the lazy maiden answered, do you think I want to get myself dirty? She moved on, and soon she came to the apple tree that cried out, "Oh, shake me, shake me, my apples are all ripe. However, the lazy maiden replied, are you serious? One of the apples could fall and hit me on my head. When she came to Mother Hollow's cottage, she wasn't afraid because she had already heard about the old woman's big teeth and she hired herself out to her right away. On the first day, she made an effort to work hard and obey Mother Holla, when the old woman told her what to do, for the thought of gold was on her mind. On the second day, she started loafing, and on the third day, she loafed even more. Indeed, she didn't want to get out of bed in the morning, and she did a poor job of making Frau Holla's bed, She certainly didn't shake it hard enough to make the feathers fly. Soon, Mother Hala became tired of this, and discharged the maiden from her service. The lazy maiden was quite happy to go, and now expected the shower of gold. Mother Hala led her to the gate, but as the maiden was standing beneath the gateway, a big kettle of pitch came pouring down over her instead of gold, That's a reward for your services, Mother Holla said, and closed the gate. The lazy maiden went home covered with pitch, and it stuck to her for as long as she lived.
0: (laughs) They're all like that. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, that's like... That's like symbolism on steroids.
2: Yeah. And, And what I like is... It includes different things like, you know, like nature plays a part. Yeah. And so, and, and also like fairies and stuff too, which we don't know what to do with. And yeah, not not just yeah. fairies, but you know, like, like um, w- I mean, my guess is it's a substitute for things you can't see or understand, you know, mm. manifestations of when someone says, Karen, show me what god is you know you know what i mean and mm. uh the consolidation maybe of trying to process how do all these things fit that they do in those and then there's yeah. you know and when you listen to it it makes kind of sense well not really because sometimes i'll listen to it with the kids and they're like whoa what is that i'm like i don't know mm. you know but it's something like well the potential of fear cuz the ugly teeth and but work hard and yeah. if you're lucky you'll get out you know
0: <clears throat> yeah there's the opportunities which is the bread and the apples and stuff it's mm. like there's opportunity right in front of you mm. will you take it and there's even the well I was thinking the well because um, in the book of Genesis there's lots of wells and Genesis is all about as the name suggests genes like it's about fatherhood and mm. give it children mm. and that's why they have all these genealogies this guy begot that Person and that right. person, we got. so and there's lots of sex in it too. Which I, I, I had my my daughter reading Genesis, and then I realized cause she's a real keen reader, and then I realized oh, there's some pretty dodgy stuff in there actually. It's all <laughs> irregular. Anyway, um, <laughs> so it's it's laden with all that um, sex and procreation and mm. fatherhood, and and there's wells all the way through it. They're digging for wells. They're always looking for water sources. So the water source, the well, connects with fatherhood. Mm. Um, because abraham finds wants to find a whale and isaac and jacob and they're all looking for whales so the the source that's the fatherhood and so or or just you don't have to say fatherhood if you don't want to you can just say you just say the source of 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 meaning and or Mm. of what this life is all about or something like that and so or you go back to the source and then you have these opportunities and then as you say you've got this work this woman who's Oh, but looks a yes. bit dangerous. Yes. But there's an opportunity there and there's fairness. Yeah. And then then there's your reward afterwards and what sort of glory will you take from it? Mm. Um, And there's sort of be, it's the difference between the authentic and the inauthentic yeah. person, eh? I love that stuff. I love it.
2: What, And that's why I can't work out... Like, I think what I'd like, and I think what would be really maybe what Jordan Peterson has been trying to do relief in general but also an opportunity is like tell those stories you know tell those stories mm. that make you think and that this short and sharp but have this maximum and I think that's the thing when, when I think of the Bible I'm like dude that's a book you know yeah. I've actually downloaded the Bible but it's read by Johnny Cash aha uh-huh, okay And, um, I won't do another one where I show you, but I can't kind of like, I already get lost. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, they go through the genealogy stuff. I think it's the new Testament. Is it,
0: uh, there are some, there's a couple in the new Testament, but there's lots in the old Testament
2: and they're just like something begot and Johnny cash. And I'm like, Oh, that's Johnny. (laughs) He begot. And I'm like, I don't like, I don't know what begot means. Uh, so you know, it's like those little things yeah. where I was raised on mm. What Now and Superman and <laughs> like. So it's
0: well, I guess the, the the problem with the audio version is it's not as easy just to skip to the part that you want, right? You okay. know, yeah. With the book, you can see oh the, the end of that paragraph, that genealogy is done. Then you get back to the narrative again. Mm, mm. You know, I, and I would definitely say be ruthless um, and that skip. If you don't like it, skip it don't think oh no i've got to read every single mm, word cuz mm. yeah but um yeah i mean very quickly i'd say read genesis that's the first book in the bible it's probably my favorite mm. and um and then or 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 jump to the jump to the new testament the gospels
2: can is it can it can, um can it condense down can you explain it to me like that in 2 minutes like the whole
0: sweep like, of the Bible?
2: No, say Genesis, for example. Genesis. Does yep. it work like that? Where it can, it works individual on a small and a mass scale.
0: Um, you know, I could summarise the narr the narrative. Mm. Yeah, because um, I think it's helpful to be able to do that, and I remember sort of, yeah, trying to going through in my head mm. if someone said summarize it yeah how would i do it <laughs> can you <laughs> all right so <laughs> thanks man you know you've got chapters one and two which are two creations mm. first of a creation by word god said let there be light mm. and then the second is the one you referred to before about the breath the second is a creation by gesture god formed man out of the dust cool. and he breathed into him so you've got really wisdom in the first one and then love in the second one so it's trying to tell you something about god and then chapter three is the fall the the eating of the fruit the the disobey maybe distrusting the goodness of god and and um, and then this the serpent you know weaving his magic and then kicked out of the garden so kicked out of this this state of everything is in, is together and mm. suddenly things are divided and there's pain and suffering and that seems to get worse you've got people are really evil so god sends this big flood that's noah and that's like a new creation because then there's this everyone's wiped out except for this one little family and then it almost reads like the start reads it's Mm. kind of like oh we're starting again but it doesn't really work things get bad again Mm. so god's like not going to do that one again (laughs) um but there's your rainbow that's where the rain the 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 kind of biblical significance of the rainbow is it's God's promise that he'll never flood the earth like that again. Right. He will never like wipe everything out. And then um next big thing is Tower of Babel where everyone gets together and decide, let's build a big tower to reach to the heavens. And it's kinda like let's build a civilization where we will not need anything transcendent. We will create the transcendent. We will be the transcendent. Right. Okay. And then that God confuses their speech. It's interesting. He, he's like, I don't want them to do this. So he comes down and he, and he confuses their speech so they can't talk, they can't communicate anymore. And they go their separate ways. They don't fill, finish the tower. So that's there's a lot to ponder in that. Wow. That's the end of the demise. And then Abraham comes on the scene, or Abram, as he's first called. There's a whole lot of characters that get the name changes, and that's always significant. Wow. God gives a new name um and he enters into a a relationship of promise with god and god promises him um blessing god promises him descendants because he's got no kids and at the age of what 90 or something him and his wife have have a son but then he's asked to sacrifice his son and he goes up the mountain and he's about to like have you ever killed an animal yep um do you think uh, this is my experience but i want to know what you think do you think there's a moment where like if it's with a an axe or a knife or something is there a moment of no return where you haven't killed it yet but it's no return you've started to swing or whatever
2: so i i go duck shooting oh okay so I, i do have that okay where i'm like that's a duck and I it's a nice I'm ready yeah you know um, but I've my dad said to me once it's not easy to st- stick a sheep right right yeah and I yeah I can think back and I'm like yeah I'm definitely not like this mm. it's more like you know yeah 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 come it's, on it's like you know an, an, a, a horrible
0: f- necessary evil a faster
2: <laughs> way you know actually yeah. we had a chicken die recently and it was really weird yeah because it was not obvious if it was alive or not and i didn't right. know what to do i didn't want i definitely want to touch it yeah but i but i didn't want to grab it with something because mm. that would seem like more lifeless but i'm like <laughs> i've eaten buckets of kfc what the heck's going on
0: it's a totally different thing eh? yeah
2: it's just like it's silly but I, it's
0: not yeah. i had to chop the head off a chicken once <laughs> unfortunately it when egg got stuck and then the next one was trying to come through mm. and it was when I found it, it was just on its side didn't even really like flap or anything mm. when I came it was just really sick mm. anyway had to chop and, and so for me there was this moment of I'm starting to swing the axe I haven't connected yet but I, I've already decided in, in me to kill it so in me it's already dead but in reality it's not mm. so the reason I bring that up is I think Abraham because it's Abraham is about to sacrifice his son and then an angel comes down and says no stop don't do it so it's like the angel waits until he's already done it in his heart but hasn't done it in reality yet and that's this is this is the sacrifice so it's not about it's that god thinks it's okay to kill your kids it's not about that it's about the sacrifice that's being asked for is everything but it's like it's a sacrifice of the heart so it's not a sac. it's not destroying stuff in reality it's offering something in your heart Mm. and so um that's so he even though isaac his son his only son is the way that the promise is going to be fulfilled he is willing to sacrifice him Mm. and then um so you've got abraham then isaac sort of grows up and he gets married and then he has two sons twins and they um the younger one is the smarter one, and he outsmarts his older brother. his older brother's the strong guy, the hunter. Mm. And so the younger one Jacob, gets the birthright, he gets the blessing, he gets the inheritance, he 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 the promise goes through him, not through Esau the other one. And then he's the one that has twelve twelve sons. So bam, that's where the the nation of or the the people of Israel. Um is born. and then you've got Joseph and in going into Egypt, and you know that story that's been popularized with the colored colorful mm, coat mm, and everything. Mm. So Joseph goes from being a servant to being in prison to then rising to like second in command. and it's because he can interpret dreams. So there's this whole thing about Joseph and dreams and people come to him with their dreams and he interprets them. And the Pharaoh has dreams and he interprets it and so joseph's super successful and in the end there's this big famine but because of joseph's prudence egypt has grain and everyone comes to egypt and so joseph is in charge of the grain and um yeah there's a whole lot i'm missing out but basically that's how the jews get to egypt Mm -hmm. and there they flourish there they they multiply and there's hundreds of thousands of them from you know just a family of 12 sons 400 years later there's a few hundred thousand and that's really where Genesis stops
2: wow yeah man
0: it's a cool story like it's it's really I love the narrative it's really cool and especially that last story of Joseph is because there's so much like conflict and forgiveness in that story it's it's just breathtaking it's amazing
2: when I think like you know before there was pens people did it that way right now we've got things like this yeah and it's kind of like if we're really listening, we've got to find ways to deliver it. And, hmm. you know, lots of studies on, you know, short content and 10-second videos. And, yeah. So so what are these stories in that, you know? Uh, and I don't know, maybe something for you to think about. Like, how how do you, even if it's just like explaining it to someone like me. Yeah. You know? Otherwise, what's my other pathway? Uh. We talked about how our pathways don't, don't, uh cross and this is a certain amount of openness well mm. what's what's a 40 year olds religious journey like if not to find the new entryway you mm. know which is um i don't know that i think that's why i've gone back to those mm. stories because yeah. i think they match the time frame probably not actually but well
0: no but they are drawing on ancient symbolism i think yeah and that's where it's different it's they're not overly well you could say they're a bit moralizing i don't like it being it's too obvious what the moral is yeah i like it when it's a bit open mm. but um but so maybe it's a bit more moralistic than actually the bible's often less moralistic right because actually people go oh they they, they were the, <laughs> meant to be the good guy and they yeah. did this bad thing yeah. Like, yeah well it's just what it is yeah um yeah but yeah um it's not as neat and tidy as you might hope might hope um, but yeah, I, I think the symbolism's powerful, and mm. um, while well, Jordan Peterson drawing from Carl Jung talks yep. about these kind of archetypes, and mm. they're these like almost universal kinds of symbols that are used, mm. and um, yeah, I'm quite interested in
2: all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, man, it's like 10 o'clock, and well, I don't know, you've probably got stuff to do tomorrow, so <laughs> it's not my goal to <laughs> keep you away from doing all that stuff, but... Um, bro, I just want to, like, thank you, eh, for uh, making the, the trip over and, I don't know, sitting down and just yarning. I hope we can do it again. Yeah, um, sure. I hope everyone enjoyed that because, like, it's not my primary goal, but it's a nice added benefit if you know there's a few people who check in and, and um, you know, I really do think the majority of people, well, the majority of people, I guess, statistically wouldn't, how do, I, how do I frame it up? It's that church analogy. There's not enough room for everyone <laughs> if we were all to go. So that sure. you have to take a lesson out of that, which is like, well, what, what do the majority do? And I feel like I'm in a majority, which is like just trying to sort out the next steps here. Mm. And, you know, I'm pretty sure if I had other people in, we'd be talking around the same stuff. So what do you do with that? What do you do when we agree on most things? Um I think there's still something to be having a really hard conversation about it's the willing to give it all up. Yeah. And I think it's a confusing conversation because you kind of you don't do that but there's there is a sacrifice to like suicide for example. It's a weird one. Sure, yeah but I almost think people are like looking for an angel to save them then so Mm. what do you do with that you know and what Mm. is that whole thing I I know um, a guest who's been on the podcast a few times a former FBI crisis negotiator he would say to me you know when all the chips are down people will either call for their mother or God and I'm like awesome realization but what do we do with that yeah. and so I think that's what I'm interested to find out more is I think one of the benefits is I will eventually find my way towards something you know Yeah. and I can't help but not because I'm connecting with people like yourself and others but what do you do with this information in today's mm. world you know I can talk about it through the stress stuff yeah today's we live in stressful times our ancestors didn't have the constant level of stress stress being like lights on us Mm. and that's activation of a mind so you're using energy right but what how do you consolidate something you can't see see you know I don't think we're we're definitely not at on mass in our cultures um, geared to do that so anyway thank you for exploring that with me and uh, is there somewhere where people can follow what you get up to if that's something yeah. that you want to do
0: well i have a podcast that's a little dormant at the moment but i, I did record 10 um long form podcasts last year it's called eager feet and um check out my the, the last one the 10th one on friendship uh possibly possibly the best um and then you know if you like that one explore the others
2: awesome dude well fist pump to you thanks man i appreciate it um Let's get you home because we're just two dudes sitting in a weird man cave (laughs) in the middle of the country. Oh,
0: it's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Will. Awesome, man.
2: Thanks, brother.
1: Holding my head again Making my way through crowded thoughts Sometimes it's hard to get out of it Broke my heart in the dark I was just trying to feel something Falling asleep to the sound of it Always used to let you clean up the mess it's down on my knees Thought I couldn't stand up on my own Turns out sometimes he's stronger alone Bringing out the yeah, Bring on all the lightning Cause I'm looking for a hero Look inside the mirror I find one, oh Carry the hurt when it gets too hard Pick it up, dust it off When I fall down 11, I get up 12 Don't need nobody else Yeah, I I can save myself Got burned, but I learned Our scars make us who we are Now I'm 10 feet tall over my demons Remind me no one's got me like myself Yeah, I love me without any help I'm the best thing to believe in So I'm bringing out the fight, yeah, bring on Cause this heavy as a season, and the sun is always right behind the storm.